Jesus has a cost to pay. And I wonder if I was to ask each of you, that cost that you have paid, has it been worth it? No, I, as I was thinking about this, and I was thinking about the different times of my life when Jesus wanted me to do something, the Holy Spirit has led me to make a decision, and there has been a cost involved. I can look back with hindsight and say it's absolutely worth it. I've seen God do things that I might not have seen in other contexts. As a community of faith, we want to be a people that love God, that love people, and that go. That's what we are about. And if you are visiting this morning and you want to know more about what that means, then um, feel free to listen to some of our talks over the last couple of months on SoundCloud or Spotify. Because we've been unpacking what it means as a community to love God, what it means as a community to love people. And Helen kicked off last week. We're looking this month at what it means to go. We want to be a kingdom community that loves everybody we meet, wherever we are. And we want our love for God to overflow into the lives of people that we meet, to go on mission with Jesus. So we are invited to go into our streets, into our neighborhoods, into our workplaces, our schools, our colleges, to be the hands and feet of Jesus. So Jesus said to his disciples before he ascended into heaven in Matthew 28. If you've got Bibles, you might want to turn to it. It, The words will appear on the screen. Um, But I'm going to read from Matthew 28, starting um, in verse 16. Jesus says this. He says, well, the context is, then then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. I love that because they did as they were told. Jesus said something and they did it. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the end of the age. Jesus commissioned his original disciples to go, and that invitation is extended to every single one of us. Let's go. It's our vision statement, an offer of invitation to go out and meet people exactly where God has placed us, to live our ordinary everyday lives and being Jesus' hands and feet wherever we go. You know, some of our friends, some of our family, some of the people we live with, we will be the only Jesus that they ever meet until we introduce him to, to introduce them to him. So my question this morning is, do you want to say yes to that invitation that Jesus offers us to go, to go with him? You know, I, it, when Jesus says, go into all nations, you know, it sounds like a command, and I think it, it kind of is, but... Jesus' invitation never overrides our free will. We always have a choice. He always wants us to make that decision. You know, it might be that some of you here this morning have never said yes to following Jesus. You've never surrendered your life to say, Jesus, you lead me. And I would love to do that this morning. I'm not going to do it now, but we'd love to give you the opportunity to say yes to him. So I'm warning you now so that you've got time to think, to listen to what I'm going to say, to weigh it up, 
and to decide, because I'm going to ask you at the end to stand, which I know might seem quite scary, but it's just an outward demonstration of an internal decision. So if you've not said yes to Jesus, or you've not said yes to going with him on mission, to living your life with him every day, then it might be today is the day you do say yes. But I want to warn you, and for those of you that have already said yes to Jesus, you'll know this. This invitation to follow Jesus, to go on an adventure, has a cost related to it. So I'm going to read from Matthew 16, verse 24. Because Jesus said this, this is the cost that needs weighing up. Matthew 16, 24 and 25. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone comes after me, he must deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me will find it. I rem- no, that's not in my notes. I'm not going to say that. Um, but if I was to ask you whether this week you have denied yourself and picked up your cross, whether you have talked to anybody outside of maybe your immediate family, about the impact that Jesus has on your life this week. I wonder what the answer would be. The cost of following Jesus could be vast. It could be huge. As I mentioned earlier, it could simply be a cost for our, to our reputation or to what people think of us. It might be that we talk about Jesus in this context or in our small group, but actually talking to, about Jesus to our work colleagues or our friends at school or um, the people we meet at the school gate. It might be that we we are worried about what they might think of us. And actually, it's a cost to stand out and to be different and to have people think differently about you. I think the 31st of October is a great example. The country, the world goes mad celebrating Halloween. I know that for us and maybe for some of you with children, It's a discussion we have every year because they they want to be part of their friends dressing up and going trick-or-treating. And for me, I I don't want to celebrate darkness. I don't want to celebrate evil. But I do want to party and I love dressing up. If you didn't come to the light party, you missed my mirrored trousers. Um, So celebrating and partying is absolutely, I think it's it's a kingdom of God thing. But celebrating darkness is not. Celebrating light, overcoming darkness is. And, and at Halloween, are we prepared to stand up and say to people, actually, I'm not going to do that, but we're going to do this. And we're different, and it makes people look at us strangely. It's a good example of maybe cost. And I know for our children, sometimes that costs a lot amongst their peers. It's easier for me to stand up and say it because I'm the weirdo over here who leads a church. For my children, that's not always the case. So Jesus says to his followers 2,000 years ago, and he says it to us today, deny yourself, not my will but yours. Jesus said it in Gethsemane. And he's asking us if we would live that way too. That is a huge prayer. So don't say it lightly. Not my will but yours, Lord. Not my will, but yours in how I'm earning a living. Not my will, but yours when it comes to who I date. Not my will, but yours when it comes to my view of my sexuality. 
Not my view, but yours, in how I protect my marriage. Not my will, Lord, but yours, when it comes to what I watch on TV or online. How I spend my money. How I treat those around me. How I love myself. Not my will, but yours. Jesus invites us to deny ourselves. And this is an action. It's not passive. It's not... um, Yeah, it's an active thing. And we want to be a kingdom community of people that are activists, that take Jesus' invitation seriously and make a difference. difference. We could come here and we could gather like this every Sunday and it not change anything. But that is not our vision. That is not why we're here. We come to gather to meet with the living God, to worship him so that we are changed, so that we go out and the transformation that has happened in us transforms the communities that we live in and the families that we live in. We want to be a people that daily walk towards Jesus and his kingdom reality, denying ourselves. And Jesus also asks us with that to pick up our cross. What does that even mean? The cross was a form of murder, not just a little bit of suffering. It was a symbol of death and dying and execution. And Jesus is asking his followers back 2,000 years ago, and he's asking us today, will we pick up our cross? Will we put to death our own plans, our own desires? Will we make them extinct so that we can pick up his desires and his plans and follow him? Can we follow Jesus with all authenticity and integrity by saying, yes, I'll put to death my plans and my dreams and my desires? You know, for those of us that are on the career ladder, can we say, God, I lay down my plans and I want to follow your plans? That's not to say that your career path isn't exactly where God wants you to be, but are we willing to offer that to him as he invites us on an adventure. You know, if you're a teenager or a student, um, and I am guilty of this, of asking the question, oh, what do you want to be? What do you want to do when you grow up? That sounds really patronizing, doesn't it? But, you know, and I've come to realize that actually that's not a very good question to ask, particularly if we're saying, God, we want to deny ourselves. But the best question to ask, and I think this is relevant for all of us, whatever age we are, is who are you becoming? Who are you becoming? And I was given this advice years ago, and I think it's really true, that we should find people that that are like who we want to be, and we should start hanging out with them. We should get in rooms with them, sit at tables with them, become friends with those people that live lives that we want to emulate. You know, Jay Pathak, who leads the vineyard movement in the U.S., also leads a church and has written books. And he says, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Let's go. Following Jesus, being a Christian, being a little Christ is a proactive thing. It means getting involved. It means getting our hands dirty. 
You know, we are not saved by works. Paul makes that really clear in Romans. He makes that very clear that we are saved by faith in Jesus alone. But James points out in his letter, just a little bit later in the New Testament, in James 2, he says um, that faith without works is dead. You can read that in James 2, 14 to 18. I challenge any of you, any of us, I'm talking to myself as well, to sit in the presence of Jesus, to encounter the Holy Spirit and to read, read his word, read scripture and to pray and not want to do something different as a result. Being a follower of Jesus is a verb. It's a doing word. It's not a one-time decision that we might have made years ago. I would argue that it's a daily decision. And actually, it's not even just a daily decision. It's a minute-by-minute decision or an hour-by-hour decision if if you've got it more nailed than me. It's a constant, continuous decision to be like Jesus, to worship him, to follow him wherever we are. We are invited on an adventure with Jesus, but the cost is significant to deny ourselves and to pick up our cross. But I would argue that the cost is worth it. The cost is a soul saved. The cost, uh, sorry, the the worth it bit is that I am saved. I have access to the power and the presence of the living God through the Holy Spirit. And in my opinion, that is worth everything. We can have hope like nobody else in the world when we have met Jesus and we have said yes to him. We can have assurance, fulfillment, peace, comfort, power. We can know that we are wholly and completely loved. The worth it, weighing up the cost, it, I think, changes everything. The cost is high, but it is worth it. I believe it's a privilege to be the hands and feet of Jesus wherever it is we live, whether we live in Chelmsford or Whittam or Danbury or Ongar, wherever you live. You know, we have a choice to put on the, the shoes of the gospel of peace, as Paul talks about in Ephesians 6. You know, we live in a world that is not peaceful. I don't know if you've realized that. We live in a world that is, is in turmoil, where anxiety is higher than ever. Can we put on the shoes of the gospel of peace and be a calm presence? Not necessarily because we've dealt with all of our anxieties, but because in the presence of Jesus, we're learning that he is the non-anxious presence that we can emulate. Will we be the hands and feet of Jesus? Okay, there's two celebrations tubs here. Thank you. And in it, they're very big tubs for what's inside it. Could you guys pass them around? Is that all right? Feel free to take one and pass them on. They are little hands and feet. I've left my example behind. And I'd love it if you would like to take one this morning and put it in your wallet or your purse or your phone case um, so that you're reminded every time you open your purse or wallet or phone to pay for something, that we are invited to be the hands and feet of Jesus. There is a cost. Probably more, the cost is probably higher than what you've got your purse or your wallet out to pay for. There is a cost, but it is absolutely worth it. We want to go from here 
to the places that God has placed us in to be Jesus' hands and feet, to pray for the sick, to serve the poor, the lost, the lonely, to cast out demons, to raise the dead, to take his call seriously on our lives. And yes, that will cost us everything. Now, if you've been listening to me, and you might think, oh, it's a bit heavy, Libby. Um, But actually, you've never said yes to Jesus. Or you said yes to him a while ago, but it hasn't been a daily thing. It hasn't been a minute-by-minute thing. And you would like to say yes to him this morning. Then I would love it if you would just make a physical uh, action to show that heart posture of saying yes to his invitation. So I'd love it if you would stand. It might be that you're here on, uh, with someone and you feel nervous about this. Then you can just give them a kick or a nudge gently and ask them to stand with you. I don't mind if there isn't anybody, but I wanted to give this opportunity to say yes to Jesus because it is, although it will be the most costly decision you ever make, I believe it is the most important decision you will ever make. Okay, that's cool. I also felt this morning that there were some people who they knew that God was asking them to do something and the cost feels high and you feel quite worried or anxious or nervous about that. And you are weighing up the cost, but you could really do with hearing the Lord or having someone pray with you this morning. And we would love to do that. So what we're going to do is we're going to stand just because you've been sitting for a while. If you'd like to, we'd love you to stand. And we're just going to wait on the presence of God intentionally. And then we'll see what the Holy Spirit does and says. And we would love to pray for anybody that would love that. So if this is new to you, um, feel free to keep your eyes open. You can have a look uh, at what's going on. Um, But if 